everybody, you're listening to Amplify the Arts, a place for artists and art lovers of all kinds to gather, hear stories, and be inspired to amplify the arts in their own lives. I'm Sarah Dudnitz, a pageant girl, communication specialist, and all-around artsy-fartsy kid, and I am so happy that you're here. Before we dive into it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of your screen right now and share it on your Instagram story, tagging us at Amplify the Arts so that we can thank you and keep in touch with you there. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Amplify the Arts. I am beyond excited because right now I get to interview one of the best friends that I've ever known. Uh, one of the sweetest people that I've ever met, my sweet, sweet friend, Sabrina Kloss. Um, I met Sabrina, it would have been like four four years ago, our freshman year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Four years. Dang. So I met Sabrina uh, when we went together on a mission trip to Mescalero, New Mexico, which is, that trip was about four years ago, almost to the day. So that's kind of insane. And I was I was actually just thinking since then, so we, we went to Mescalero. We've gone to Jonesville, Virginia twice. We went to New York City. We went to Knoxville. I came to LA and surprised you. So that's, we've been How around. Many like in total. Oh man, we should, we should add it up. Uh, we really should because it's definitely more than most people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of insane, but like of all the people that I could travel with, I'm so glad that I get to travel with you and that I have all those fun experiences with you. You are the coolest. Um, some of my earliest memories with you, first of all, I think my earliest memory with you was we were filling out paperwork um, to go on that spring break mission trip. I know. And I remember <laughs> it was a really crowded room and you're like, I'm Sabrina. And I'm like, I'm Sarah. And someone had told you that I like Hamilton. You're like, you like Hamilton, right? And I was like, yeah, do you like Hamilton? And that was the basis of our friendship from that point on. So um, I don't know. I just, that's fun. <laughs> what a time. Oh, my gosh. And I remember you having a, it was like a Disney credit card or something. Your, um, your card had Disney on it. And you would always just light up when you talked about it. And you would always light up when you talked about what it was that you wanted to do and the stories that you wanted to tell and the things that you wanted to create. So that's just always been sort of what I've associated with you. But I would love to sort of let you tell that story of your journey with art throughout your entire life, which is a very vague question. And I do that intentionally. So Hit it. Go for it. Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for like giving people a space to talk about this kind of stuff because it's, it's, and I'm sure you've seen, and you can tell through the other podcasts that like people just light up in general when they're talking about their passions and when they're talking about the arts and stuff like that. And like, so thank you for giving us the space to of do that. Of course. Um, gosh, like when I think about my, journey my like artistic journey throughout life it's just like I could probably talk about it for like eons so I'll just like <laughs> just try to keep it like short and sweet basically I've been drawing for as long as I remember um I always kind of knew that art was my thing um my mom has drawings of mine from when I was like two years old so <laughs> so we, start we started early um 
then when I was a kid, I was like constantly drawing, uh, writing books. And then I would draw and illustrate the little pages. And then I'd force my family to sit down as I would like read, like the library people read to you. Like I'd read my stories to my family. And like, I have this very specific memory of like, it was a really stupid story. And I, like, I, I, I didn't know it then, but I know it now. And I was wondering why my family thought it was so funny <laughs> because they kept laughing. Oh gosh, what was it? And I'm like, I didn't mean to be funny, but I just, I look through it now and I'm like, this is a stupid story. But you know, <laughs> I, it, you forced you your family to sit down and listen to it. <laughs> you got to get through the bad ones to get the good ones, right? So, right, exactly. Um, and then in middle school, I like started entering art shows and stuff like that, that were like hosted by the school and everything. And I, I have little to no memory of um, first through eighth grade. So that's all I remember is like <laughs> art shows in middle school. Um, but then high school, I immediately knew that I wanted to take art classes. So I was taking art classes throughout the school year. I was taking art classes in the summer. Um, and then, you know, art isn't just as your show it says, art isn't just um, limited to the visual art. So, um, you know, I was also really inspired by theater. I did choir. I'm super into lit and English and stuff like that. So um, as far as the, the compass of art um, in my life kind of went full circle. So um so I was just very invested in the arts, but I think visual arts was always my thing, you know. Um, but my, like, everything changed when the Fire Nation attack moment was, like... That is such a Sabrina thing to say. I love that you did that. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny because I was thinking in my brain, I was, like, about, I was about to say everything changed. And you can't say everything changed without when the Fire Nation attacked at the of other course. end. Um, so my everything changed when psychology attacked my my junior year I took this psych class and it blew me away I was so excited about learning everything that there was to know about the human brain um, about the way that you could um, understand your mind and the minds of others and the way that people tend to act that's I mean it's just it's magical you know that's it's you know it's science but it feels like magic so um that was my junior year and I was immediately hooked and then it was just kind of the perfect storm because junior year I had also started this um two-year art course um and it was part of a, a program that would get you college credit for whatever course that you were in so it took two years and at the end you had this big show and I was um, taught by one of the most wonderful women in the world, Sandy Llewellyn. She, we, we all called her mom after a while. I'm sure everyone had Aww. had a professor, a teacher that they knew as mom. She, that was that was my my teacher. That was mom. Um, and she really encouraged me to make my art my own by combining things that I was passionate about. So, perfect storm. My brain was like, I love psychology and I love art. How can I put these two things together? Um, and so for my big senior show, I did this really cool uh, psychological experiment um, involving dreams and how, when, and why people dream. Um, because I thought the idea of dreams was really cool because it's not 100% co corroborated, I think that's how you say that, um, within the um, psychological world. And um, there's still a lot of disagreement on why we dream. And I thought that was fascinating, the fact that I'd come across something that, I mean, I'm learning about this topic and it, you know, scientists still aren't sure about it. 
And so I decided to do several art pieces about it. I was really into um, paintings and installations and performance art at the time. So I did kind of like a combination of installation, performance, painting, art for um, my final. And um, it was amazing. It was so fun. Um, but I just kind of thought that was that. Like, I can't, you know, I can't really do anything outside of, you know, these installation, you know, interpretive art forms uh, involving psychology. Um, but I just, I liked the combination. So then in college, I immediately, I knew art was what I wanted to do, started right out in the art field. Um, and it actually wasn't until um, sophomore year that I minored in psychology and it was started by this. January of my freshman year, I, I happened upon this organization called Artists Creating Together. And it's this beautiful organization in Grand Rapids that um, their mission is to take people who are experiencing some sort of disability and to give them the healing that they need in the moment, whether that be physical or mental, um, through art and through art classes and stuff like that. And, and they have a lot of stuff. They have visual therapy, they have music therapy and that kind of stuff. Um, and the program that I eventually was placed in was uh, at Mary Freebed Rehabilitation Hospital um, in Grand Rapids. And Sarah, you know all about the just amazing things that happened there. It was such a highlight. I was there for three years because I loved it so much. Um, and the experience affected me so deeply of like being with these kids and seeing what art could do. Um, in an environment of healing that I was like, I kind of want to learn more about kids and I want to learn about the psychology of kids. And I mean, I literally majored in psychology so that I could understand my kids better at Mary Freebed. Um, I, I really, once again, still wasn't thinking about how those two things could be combined. Um, but the more I progressed in my art classes and my psych classes, the more I began to make the same connections that I made in high school about how art and psychology are intimately interwoven. And the fact that you can't really have art without psychology. Um, and that there is psychology that is a result of art all the time, everywhere. Um, and Grand Valley actually didn't have an official art therapy major or minor. Um, so I went out seeking um, for this professor that I heard rumors about in the rumor mill that she wanted to um, establish some type of art therapy curriculum um, at Grand Valley. And she kind of helped me to put together this independent study where I would work with her throughout the summer and I would go and basically be mentored and be in do field work for art therapists. Um, and that led me to this amazing, another amazing place called uh, DA Blodgett St. John's, which is this beautiful um, foundation for kids in foster care. Um, and they're very progressive um, in the ways that they teach the children that are staying with them. I mean, it's basically like summer camp for kids in foster care. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Um, and they have really progressive ways of teaching the kids there and housing them. Um, 
the kids are all housed in these little cabin like houses together based on their gender and their age. And it's very family oriented. So they get up together, they have meals together so that they have a family environment and they can be together in family. And oh my gosh, when I heard that, my heart just melted. I'm like, I love this organization. But because they're progressive in that way, they also had progressive therapy techniques, which art therapy, I think, is still seen as very progressive. Um, it's not it's not a hundred percent like, Oh my, you, when is the last time you said you heard someone say, Oh, I went to my art therapist the other day. You know, it's, it's just not, it's not, it's still a progressive form of therapy. Um, that's not a widely available, um, which they're trying to fix. But, um, so I shouted an art therapist there and we created these, um, you know, lesson plans that kind of combined uh, theatrical therapy, which is amazing. It's using theater as art therapy. So again, there's just a world of exploration for this. It's, it's, it was beautiful. Um, you know, and Sarah, I think a lot about um, all, all of the ways that your theatrical performances within um, pageants have helped you discover who you are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you become more comfortable with yourself. And that's exactly what this woman was doing with these kids through theater therapy. So it's everything, you know? And so I'm head of the visual portion of those therapeutic sessions. Um, And then, you know, once again, just to wrap it up afterwards, I went to Spectrum Health and I shouted an art therapist and we worked with an op, the opposite age group. I worked with older folks with Alzheimer's and, um, dementia and stuff like that. And so um, I had to really adapt a different level of art therapeutic lessons um, to um, meet them where they were um, very different dealing with them than dealing with children. So um, all that's to say, it's a combination of research and field work. Oh, also just a little caveat. I am by no means a professional in any of this. And I know you're not asking me to be, but yeah, I the experiences that I've had have come from being in the field and field work and personal research and all that good stuff. And a lot, a lot of reading, like I've stacks and stacks of books on art therapy, but I'm, I'm not a professional art therapist just as a, just a caveat. <laughs> that is, that is probably worth noting. And that goes for me as well in these fields. Um, I'm not an expert either. What we're just two girls chatting and exactly. Sort but of- that's the thing about art too, you know, is yeah have to be a professional in any portion of the artistic field in order to be affected very deeply by it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's so much of it. And I feel like I say this um, every episode, so much of the reason that I started this podcast was because there's so much that I'm not a professional at. And there's just so much that I'm sort of trying to understand and uncover about the way that art shapes our lives and the way that art heals, which I think this is a beautiful episode that will um, sort of explore that very nicely. So thank you, first of all, for sharing um, all of that. It's funny how like you and I, we lived together for a year and we've been friends for four years, but there were still things that you shared just now that I was like, oh, I didn't realize like that's what she did when she had that internship or that job yeah. or whatever. So very yep. cool. Thank it you was, for sharing. Was, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad. I was, I'm another reason I'm so excited to talk to you about this because I just, once again, it's like just having uh having the opportunity to chat mm-hmm. about it you know yes oh, love sorry. it yeah so um art therapy and i love in my notes i wrote art therapy what it what be, be. <laughs> 
would it be? So uh, this definition comes from the American Art Therapy Association, and it says, according to the American Art Therapy Association, art therapists are trained to understand how color, texture, and various media can help enable the therapeutic process by revealing a person's thoughts, feelings, and overall disposition. In a typical art therapy session, a person can expect to be exposed to drawing, painting, sculpture, and collage, or a combination of media. Um, so what are your like first impressions of this um, definition? What are your thoughts? What stands out to you? Yeah, it's, it's very thorough. I mean, I feel like the only thing I can do is just expand on it. Um, in, in my own research, I've uh, looked at two distinct ways of studying art therapy, and, and it was nuanced in the definition, but there's um, the neuroscientific theory, which talks a lot about the science behind your brain and the way that it works and the chemicals that are reacting when you're um, seeing certain colors and stuff like that. And then there's like psychological counseling theory, which is less about the, the heavy science and the heavy neural um, uh, vocabulary and more about just how do you counsel people with art. Um, and I'm, I'm equally interested in both, but, uh, and also those aren't official names. Those are just like my self-imposed categories to help me differentiate the different disciplines. But, um, yeah, so the definition, at, I was looking at it and it definitely like it, it subtly goes there, but, um, just, just as, cause I think this is so interesting, a little bit more of an expansion on it, the neuroscientific part of the theory um, explores this really complex relationship between um, art and our neurological functions. Um, so this can be anything from like stress response. How do you respond to stress? How can you reduce stress? Um, immune functioning. So, you know, there's certain ways that tending to your brain can help your immune system. You know, it's, it's crazy. And then um, there's child development as well, which is a lot of what I went into and a lot of what I explored and researched during my minor and during my independent study and everything was how do child develop the phases of child development um, and their understanding of um, their vocabulary even you know what kids when they're forming their vocabulary can't express to you the way that they feel in a way that a fully functioning adult human would be able to. So how do you use art therapy to really dig into that and allow them to show what they can't speak of? Um, another thing that's neuroscientific is um, trauma. You know, it's your brain is, your brain's functions are altered by trauma. And um, there's a lot of people who have experienced trauma who have these reactions to things that they can't control and it's because of the way that your neurological functions have literally been rewritten by that trauma and so like looking at art therapy in a way of like how can you help to re-rewrite these neurological functions using art it's it's amazing it's fascinating and then um you have the psychological counseling which is very much like if you sit down with a counselor it, it you know looks a lot of, at self-esteem um, how are you feeling? Um, anxiety. Are you feeling anxiety? Um, relationship issues. How can you solve relationship issues through art and art therapy? Um, when you go through big life changes, lots of people go to counselors when they have big life changes. You know, how do you use art therapy to cope with 
life changes and things that are changing drastically in your life. Um, and basically what I'm trying to say through all of this is that there are an infinite amount of bodily functions, scientific and more, you know, ethereal, like up in the air, like, oh, how do you feel that kind of, you know, a wide range of things that artistic expression can affect and it can help and everything like that. So um, specifically, I really liked the part of the definition where it said, um, and I like have a little note on it. Um, you said art therapists are trained to understand how color, texture, and various media can help enable the therapeutic process by revealing a person's thoughts, feelings, and overall disposition. And that's, I think that's the most important part of the definition. That's the heart of it. Um, this art therapy is another way, or I guess in my humble opinion, it's a, a better way to communicate with a therapist. Um, I, I don't even think people who have trouble communicating with therapists um, would be at a disbenefit for art therapy. Um, scientific example of that type of communication, remember I was telling you about kids and developing their, their ways of speaking. Um, depending on the age that a kid is, um, their vocabulary is not developed enough to be able to um, process with you out loud traumatic things that happen in their life. Um, so they use physical objects and imagery to express themselves. Um, this is a sad example, but kids who are abused often mistreat their dolls or their action figures um, because they see the toys as an extension of themselves. Um, and their self-hatred is expressed through the hatred of the doll. So tearing off Barbie's head or coloring over the eyes and the mouth, um, sometimes setting them on fire, that kind of stuff being destructive with baby dolls and stuff like that. I mean, it's not that the kid is disturbed. The kid is trying to express their own form of self-hatred from as a result of the abuse, you know, and you see that in tons of cases. Um, uh, as far as uh, social um, uh, social services goes. Um, so this is a way that you can reach deeply into someone's brain, a child's brain, to help figure out that trauma without the use of vocabulary that hasn't been developed yet, mm -hmm. and hopefully stop that trauma from being taken into their lives as an adult. Um, which is another reason, I, you know, parents are like, oh, kids are kids. They don't need to go to therapy. I think even kids should go to therapy. Yeah. You know? And specifically art therapy. If anything, they'll just think it's a fun game that they're playing. Yeah. So that's like, that's the child side of it. What was your experience like with um, working with older people? Yeah. Or maybe I mean, some of the differences. Surprisingly, it's like almost exactly the same, except really? the older people have less energy. <laughs> That makes um, sense, I suppose. You kind of regress when you get a little bit older, you know? Um, I think that a lot of the, um, I think that kids are very sharp, but because they don't have the vocabulary to express that, it sometimes feels like children are stupid. Uh, they do stupid stuff, but they're actually very intelligent. And, you know, with older people with Alzheimer's and dementia, underneath that, they're so sharp. They're so intelligent, you know, but unfortunately they're, you know, maybe physical or mental um, disadvantages make it difficult to see um, that sharpness and, and see that 
they're actually super awake and they're super ready and they're super developed and everything like that. So it's about reaching in and grabbing that out, you know? Um, I think the difference, you know, one of the big differences was that um, for, for older folks, um, there's a lot more of a physical need um, for doing art therapy and keeping your joints moving, you know, and, and I think that that's a really great topic as well. Like the idea that art therapy is physical as well as mental. So for a lot of older folks, it was about making sure that they're painting so that their, the, their hand, the joints in their hands and wrists and elbows and everything like that. Let's keep those moving. Let's keep that active. And then keeping your brain active too. Um, I had this really cool experience uh, with this older person. What I would do at Spectrum Health with the older folks is I'd go up to their rooms and I would ask if they wanted to do art that day. And then if they did, I would wheel them down in their wheelchair or guide them down um, however they needed. And um, one of the guys, all of the nurses was like, it, they were like, oh, he never talks. You know, he's, he's basically a mute, you know, he's, he's silent. But this guy, as soon as he got into the art room, would not stop talking. He, it's like he was in an environment where he knew that he was accepted and that his thoughts and feelings were desired and that we desired to know them and we desired to know him, um, which is, I think, a big way that art affects everyone. You talk about theater, you know, theater. So many people who are in theater talk about the theatrical arts being a place where they can be themselves and where they can be fully who they are. I mean, that's the space that art gives you, um, which is why it's such an amazing space for therapy. You know, you can already, you're already on a good track if someone feels open emotionally and vulnerably to you. And then all of a sudden you put in actual lesson plans that will help them to communicate emotions or will help them um, with something physical that they need. And it's, it's just, it's the perfect combination. Wow. I, you, I you some, yeah, I think so. I don't know. I don't even care. That was so, wow. I could just listen to you talk about it all day. It's um, so when we were getting ready for this episode, you texted me and it, you said one sentence that really stood out to me. You said, art is one of the most psychologically stimulating things that we can experience. What, what does that mean? Dive into that. <laughs> um, I first of all, I love that that's what stood out to you because I, I was just in that moment. I was in one of those, like, I'm just ranting type of deals. And oh, I, I got was, like a novel in my text. Yeah, I loved it. I the whole novel, a whole novel, just because I was so excited to like talk about this with you. Um, but yeah. So anyway, I'm really happy that you like that gleaned that out. And that was something that was meaningful to you. Cause it just felt like a bunch of hot trash to me. I'm just like <laughs> texting and typing to you. But, um, um, I think that I've touched on this, but really, really getting into like, and asking people why art? Why did you choose art? Why do you do art? So a lot of people have art as a hobby in spite of maybe a really busy job. They still find time to, um, you know, do a community theater program or, um, you know, you have always worked a full-time job and yet your, I, your pageant prep 
always, mm-hmm. you know, it's very, it takes priority for sure. And I, when you ask anyone about art, I feel like there's just this common understanding. People know the ways that it affects you physically, psychologically. It's me crying during movies, uh, us sobbing during Billy Elliot. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Billy Elliot breaks my heart every time. But no, you're right. I think there's, and this is something that we'll kind of dive into later, is something that I just am really fascinated by, is like that feeling of of creating something. So my my boss, where I work, he, um, our creative director, he, we're working on making like some new advertisements and we're trying some things we've never tried and our videographer is doing a ton of work on it and all of this stuff. And we're really excited about it. And he's super excited about it. And he okay. walked, he walked into Zoom's gym energy. Yes, this is Jim. Yeah. He's so funny. So he, he walked into our office yesterday out of nowhere. It's like Monday morning. We're all like tired and quiet. He goes, morning, everyone. He goes, we're creating something that's, that never existed before. And that's pretty special. And I was like, that's like, he didn't mean it in a deep way, but that's just like what I think there's so much power in, even if it's just like writing a story that you don't think anyone's ever going to see, or just creating a, like a drawing that never existed before. Mm -hmm. Like how beautiful is that? So there's that whole side of you're creating art. And then there's the flip side of, consuming art which I think is equally interesting whether it's like you know you see someone going through an experience whether it's a movie or a musical let's say and suddenly you're like oh I've I've been through that too like I'm not alone in this yeah. or you know it just like it hit something in you that you didn't know so then there's that like consuming side and I just think like both of them are so beautiful in their own unique and special way yeah yeah. It's no. And I literally could not have said it better myself. Like, like we have relationships with our artwork, you know, I, we like during movies, for example, you build relationships with the characters and you, we tend to project ourselves onto characters and books and TV shows and movies and everything that, that we watch. And there's a lot of people who are able to discover a lot about themselves by the way that they attribute themselves to characters, you know? And it's it's something as simple as like, you know, I'm gonna, are you gonna do it, Sabrina? Yeah. I'm gonna give another um, Avatar <laughs> reference, but like- Please do. You know, something even as small as like, you know, people looking at Avatar and being like, oh, like, which character in the gang are you, you know, like, or which nation are you from? Because you are able to put yourself into those things and have a relationship with it. It's the same thing with theater. You have a relationship with the characters that are on stage if it's done right, you know? Same thing with like what you said about um, uh, creating something that's never been created before. You have a deep psychological relationship to that thing that you've created. And it's, it's, it's what moves you, you know, art is, art is what moves us. And I I think that when I think about everything else in this world, you know, aside from maybe like, you know, prayer and like being in worship, when have I ever been moved as much as I've been moved by art? Absolutely. Yeah. I I don't think that there's anything else that 
does move you like that. So yeah, I, that's why I, I make the definitive and I stand by the definitive um, statement that art is one of the most stimulating things mm -hmm. that you can have. I mean, I, the world revolves around art. And I think it's beautiful. And this literally could be its whole, like a whole other podcast, mm -hmm. the like art, worship and prayer. Oh my God. Yeah. How they're yes. almost like kind of all holding hands. Like they're all yep. kind of intertwined. And I think that's beautiful, but we should probably table that for another conversation. Oh, because I feel like I would love to chat about that okay. with you at some point, which is funny because we already have another episode planned with you. <laughs> so maybe there'll be three. Anyway, <laughs> I love this. Um, I thought of a little question in some of the other episodes that I've done with people. We've talked about the role of um, vulnerability to create create art and to put your emotions sort of on display for everybody can I think be really scary for a lot of people um what role and I know I'm sort of giving you this question without a lot of time for you to think about it but uh what role does vulnerability play in art therapy like have you seen that at all yes I mean I a humongous massive role um, I think that you as our therapist have to be extremely vulnerable. Um, and then I think that you also have to be in a vulnerable state in order to create good art. If, you know, like, I think that goes with anything, you know, good art is, is born from vulnerability. Um, a lot of things, we actually covered this um, in one of the classes that I took um, in art therapy. And it was about, the reservations that people have about using art as therapy because there is a level of vulnerability that you have to put out there in order to create um and i think that we this is once again please stop me if i get way too off topic but <laughs> this this is like a really good off-ramp because we are trained from the beginning to be self-conscious about our creativity and about our way of expressing ourselves and everything from the beginning, you know, it could, it could have been a person when you were younger telling you that, oh, that doesn't look like what you said it looks like, you know, when you're, you show them a drawing or something like that, or, oh, you're kind of a bad singer or, um, oh my gosh, that's so embarrassing. Like, stop, you know, like we're consistently having our vulnerability questioned as, especially when it comes to the arts, you know, and a lot, there's a lot of people who come into art therapy sessions who are like, I'm terrible at art. And does the thing is, does being terrible at art exist? I was just you, thinking that like, you can't fail at art. No, it's not possible. The thing is we've been trained from the beginning to think that art is this elite thing that only the best of the best can succeed at. But everyone practices art every day. I think conversation is art. Mm -hmm. No, I think a, maybe formulating a nice walk through your neighborhood. I think like decorating your room is art. Yes. Decorating your room is art. Organizing things is art. Like it's everywhere. Reading is 
consuming art. Mm -hmm. So you are still a recipient of the benefit of art if you enjoy reading. And maybe you don't take to pictures or drawing, or maybe you're not a theater nerd, or maybe you don't understand music or, you know, just any of that. Like, I think, I think that it's a mistake for anyone to say that they can't do art. So that all around about way of saying like a portion of creating vulnerability within an art therapy environment is helping people to understand that art is not this elite goal that only the few can reach. Mm -hmm. Art is for everyone. And no matter how you express yourself, you're valid in that way. And no matter what it turns out to look like, it is valuable because you created it. And it, it's, it changed the way that I looked at my own art. You know, I'm, I'm hearing this and I'm learning about this. And I was in a state of seeking absolute perfection in everything that I did. And I think especially when, I mean, you were in school, you were the, your classes that you got graded in yeah. were art. So 100%. I remember you going through this lull, maybe it was like right after we graduated where you were so burned out and you didn't want to create anything because yeah. you were at that point so used to doing it for a grade. Yeah. And I wouldn't be able to like be sitting here and talking to you about this if I was still in that state. Mm -hmm. It's the fact it's, I've had to move past this intense feeling of if it's not perfect by the end of the creation process, then it wasn't worth creating. And I think that I, I used to think that that was reserved just for those who are specifically in the creative field, but everyone experiences that with art. Everyone experiences it. Oh, this isn't good enough. This isn't good enough to show. I'm not good enough. That's, that's, that's the deeper portion. Mm -hmm. is, is your art not good enough? Or do you think that you're not good enough? Mm. And that was realizing that I think that set me on a path of trying to recover from this preconceived notion of what art should be. Uh, yeah. So that was a very, that was, that was a lot. And that was a roundabout way of, you know, answering your question on vulnerability, but yes, vulnerability is essential. And the only way that you can get to that vulnerability is by understanding and accepting that art is transcendent of what society says you can and cannot do. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Beautifully put. Um, so I would love to ask you my classic three closing questions. Um, <laughs> but before I do, is there anything else that you wanted to say or add? Maybe I, I might feel like I skipped over a question or something, but um, is there anything else that you think is worth mentioning that you want to share? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, really quickly, a, a really cool thing that you can do at home with yourself that's considered art therapy. And I did it all the time with my kids at Mary Freebed. Um, and it's actually such a cool thing to just a little self checkup, self therapy is I called it a weather check. So you kind of maybe at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day or in the middle of the day, doesn't matter when you do a consistent weather check on yourself. You think about how you're feeling in that moment, in that very moment. You don't have to 
overthink it. It's just right there in that moment. How are you feeling? And then you choose colors and possibly doodles or images and you just color it out. You color your feelings out. And it is amazing to do. We, I, I did it for myself and it's amazing. And it's so cool. You have like a separate journal that you can flip through and just see your weather checks of the day. There's some days that are like, you know, there's this little black dot and it's in the center of this, like, you know, bright orange, you know, and that's like how I felt like I was dealing with my anxiousness that day. It was like so centralized. And then it felt like it was affecting everything else in my life. But that wasn't something that, I thought of when I was making it, it was just how am I feeling this day and how am I going to translate that into color right now for me to see? And it's such a, it's a good way of being self-aware for sure. Um, Mindfulness is a huge thing that art therapists talk about. The more mindful you are of how you're feeling, the better capable and the better equipped you'll be to deal with it and to deal with other things. So Um, I just, you know, I was just thinking about like, oh, like there's a lot of, and I enjoy this because of who I am, but there's a lot of like really out there theory about art therapy and a lot of like, you know, um, conceptual things that we talked about today, but there's, I mean, that's how you can make it physical. And there's so much physicality to this topic, even though we just discussed a lot of really conceptual ideas. So um, just a fun thing, you know, if anyone ever wants to try it, um, do a little weather check on yourself. Could be once a week, could be once a day, depending on how much you feel like you need it. But, you know, just get some markers and it takes five minutes and it makes a world of a difference in understanding how you're feeling that day. I love that. And I think that's probably the most accessible way is literally like everyone has markers or pencils or something, but, or if you're by them, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. It's super, um, but I also think musicians, like I have friends who play piano and they can sort of just sit down and sort of almost do a weather check in, in like on the piano. And I'm like, geez, what a cool thing. (laughs) Like I can't do that, but I can, I can draw. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it takes away the pressure too of having to make something good or beautiful because it's just you coloring on a page. Mm-hmm. There's no, yeah. And you know, I was talking, I was talking a couple weeks, months ago to, um, weeks, months, and then, I don't know. Time's not real anyway. Um, <laughs> my friend, Emma Seidel, who was on this podcast and she's a dancer and she was talking about how she would almost do sort of the same thing and just go into an empty dance studio. She wouldn't, wow. record it, she wouldn't do anything, but she would just like let her body move. And, um, we talked about how sometimes, especially since she's, um, like a competitive dancer and she has been her whole life and all this stuff, there's so much performative pressure that like we only create things so that it can be seen by others and we want the validation. So I think that's a really good way to sort of break that mindset and just to do it for yourself and to do it, to check it with yourself. So I love that. 100%. Yeah. Cool to see. I mean, art therapy breaching um, media too, you know, everyone uses art as some type of therapy and like, just depends on what you like to do. You know, Mm -hmm. I've seen people before that just need to put on music. And music's not really a weather check. A weather check is really acknowledging your feelings and how you're feeling. But like, 
when you sit down and you listen to music or like you go in the car and you turn something on because that's how you're feeling that day, in a way you are acknowledging your emotions and you're giving them space to be, um, you're giving your space to be happy or sad and all that good stuff. So it's, it's like I said, like exactly like we were talking about, it's so accessible. It's mm-hmm. so much more accessible than people think it is. Absolutely. I think art therapy sounds like maybe fancy and yeah. ooh la la to people, but I, it is so much simpler than I think people think. Oh, exactly. And you know, earlier when I was talking about like neurological vocabulary and like all that kind of stuff, like it's, it sounds very, I just keep saying this word, but it sounds very conceptual, but I mean, stress relief. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. One more thing. Stress relief. This is so cool. One of the exercises I did um, with the kids at the foster care home was for our weather checks, instead of using markers, I used colored paper and I had them tear it up and the tearing actually reduces stress. It's, it's phenomenal. It's just the act of tearing something. I mean, and you hear about it all the time. You know, they have those destroy rooms where you can just go into Yes. It's like a less destructive version of that. Like the tearing of paper, it's, it breaks the glass and it relieves the stress and everything like that. So there you have that combination of like physical and mental working together to really help you out that day and help you do your weather check for sure, but also help you relieve some stress on the way too. So, oh, there's so many like cool things that you can do. So many, so many physical. That just reminded me of like eight different things. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see where my mouth goes, but I, when I was in college, I wrote a paper and it sounds weird, but the paper was about the therapeutic process of knitting just like knitting yes! something because there's like a rhythm and a repetition and it's good for wow. your mind and oh wow crazy oh my so okay cool. well we could go on forever and ever about <laughs> <laughs> ask your ask your closing question okay girl. okay so um let's pretend for a moment a beautiful blissful moment that covid does not exist it mm-hmm. is just gone. It's done. Um, everything is open and back to normal. You don't have to wear a mask. Everything is great. Everyone is healthy. Where is the first place you go? Movie theater. Movie theater. Ooh. Would you see anything specifically? Uh, no, I just go see a movie. I'd buy popcorn and I'd put a little bit too much of that, um, uh, seasoning thing. The ranch, the ranch seasoning, the ranch seasoning. Um, and then I'd get a Slurpee and I would mix blue raspberry and cherry co- uh, cherry and Coke. I'd just mix them all together. And then I'd go and I'd sit down in the movie theater and I would stay till the end of the credits and I'd just absorb watching a movie in a movie theater and the smell of the popcorn and just, it's, I miss movie theaters so much so much and that's why I didn't even have to think about it I, I did not think about it beforehand I did not cheat I like, love <laughs> immediately when you were talking about COVID being over and like all that kind of stuff movie theater for sure for sure well you'll just have to come back to Michigan because I think they're open are they not open in LA I'm totally balling right now I'm so jealous <laughs> there's not movie theaters open here if oh. they are Also, I love that you're like, I don't even care what I'm going to see. Like, it's, that's like the last, it's the experience that you're looking for. 
100%. It's just, it's just being in the theater and like having a movie on the big screen. And, you know, I, my family too, like my, my parents are big on like, oh, like we'll just watch it when it comes out, you know, on a streaming channel or something like that. Like, yeah, I get going to the movie theater is expensive, but it's the experience. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So yeah, that's my 100%. I love that. That was probably the quickest that anyone's thought of an answer to that question. So (laughs) props to you. I've been thinking about it a lot. (laughs) What is one moment in from any time in your life where you were truly, truly happy and just warm and fuzzy and you're like this, this is why I'm here. Everything's just clicking. Um, You just felt truly joyful. Is it the the last time that happened or just um, like, Just any time, whatever comes to your mind. Um, the literal first thing that comes to my brain is the going away party you guys threw. <gasps> um, that I mean, when I say that's constantly in my brain, like from the day that I left to like the day that I got here, it's not even just a warm, fuzzy feeling. It is this wave of empowerment that like, reach it like just just washes over me it's knowing that I have you in my corner and knowing and seeing that and remembering the physicality of people being there for me and sending me off on a good note it's it'll forever be in my head and truly I think it was one of the happiest nights of my life So for um, some context for some people, so Sabrina, uh, this, what was, this wasn't, I know, right. Um, (laughs) Over this summer, (laughs) just us chatting about art Um, over the summer, Sabrina moved, which it's so crazy because this has been your plan for as long as I've known you, but then it suddenly happened. And I was like, oh my gosh, Sabrina has always dreamed of moving to Los Angeles. Um, And that finally happened and we threw her a surprise going away party which of course very on brand you were half an hour late to we had um almost we had like a poster on the wall and it was like (laughs) guess how late sabrina will be to her own party and everyone would like place bets and like whoever was closest got something i don't remember (laughs) it was very on brand to be perfectly fair i didn't like i thought it was just a casual hangout. That's true. You didn't know it was a party. I was also getting back from drinks with somebody else that I was saying goodbye to as yeah. well. So, That's true. Sticky situation. But, but, but still very on brand for me. I, I yes. <laughs> the more it's more on brand because I have an excuse for it. There's always That's right, right. There's always <laughs> an excuse. Um but something I thought was really cool was that at that surprise party we had well I made like a fun little video montage for you, which is my I favorite thing to do. Video all the time. It's it's a hoot. I should. It's on YouTube. I'll put the link in the description. Yeah. But yeah. we also had a group of friends write a song mm. for Sabrina called "Please Don't Go, Sabrina," <laughs> and I think they were gonna put it on Spotify, but I don't know if they actually did. But there's just another example of art in our lives. Yes, yes, Whoa. and art affecting you so deeply. It was the the visual of your video and then the audio of the song and just like having those in my head playing whenever I'm feeling like I didn't do the right thing by moving down here, having those play in my head whenever I'm uh, lonely, you know, in an environment like this and everything like that, you know, and, and 
all connecting back to art. I love that you connected these back to art therapy. It's brilliant. <laughs> ah, it's amazing. But like, it's, it's, it's the benefit of art therapy too, is that it's not just something you do once and then it's over. When you see a really good movie, you think about it forever. After you finish reading a book and you feel like your life is never going to be the same and like there's just a hole there that can't be filled by anything, it's it's the effect. I mean, and it goes back to what you're talking about, it being the most stimulating thing that we can experience. It's because it sticks with you. It's so permanent, you know, mm-hmm. and you can use it as a resource to help you later. Like I use the song and the video and the memory of you guys being with me. I, I use that in times of anxiety and, and vulnerability and stress. And, um, you know, I, I have, I'm having a good time here. I, I'm not depressed, but like, <laughs> no, but I mean, that's a big yeah. move. And I also think, Oh, I love that. My brain just thought of this. Thank you, brain. <laughs> what? <laughs> you haven't even heard it yet. What? So we were talking earlier about like how cool is it that we can create something that's never existed? And then how much cooler is it to say like, this is my gift to you. Like I am gifting wow. you this thing that I create. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, that's so beautiful. Okay. Going off of that, like what the best gifts that you've received are gifts that people have created for you mm-hmm. because it's irreplaceable. It's, it's nothing in the world has existed up until this point, until that video that you made me. Nothing in the world existed to affirm me in a way that that video did. Oh, I just got goosebumps. I know. And now that it exists, it's a valuable gift because it's the only thing of its kind. It's the first of its kind. And it was custom just for, just for me. And I mean, truly, how how can you be moved more than that? Oh, I don't think there's a way. I don't think so either. Beautiful. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Last question <laughs> before we close. Um, yeah. What are three things that you, Sabrina Kloss, are grateful for? Oh, my goodness. Um, I am grateful for the sunshine. I, yeah, shut up. You in LA, you get sunshine. I, I don't say that to bragging. <laughs> I just not to say that, but it, you know, in in a very very real way, I didn't even realize that I was fighting seasonal depression when I was in Michigan. Um, and I just spent my first winter um, in the California sun, and I I did not realize how transformative it would be. Um, it's it's very eye-opening. I didn't realize how much I needed it. Um, definitely the sun, 100%. Um, grateful for, okay, how can I like say this without being cheesy? Like I'm grateful for you. (laughs) (laughs) You can say it. It's okay. No, no, no. But just like, (laughs) just the way that you have been so consistently present in my life. And I tell you that all the time. And I sound like a broken record, but it's that consistency that gives me an anchor, especially when I'm so far away from friends and family and everything like that. Um, And then I am so thankful for 
you know, right now I'm feeling especially thankful for movies. And I think it's just because I am doing a lot of um, work on film theory um, in preparation for just applications and in learning to be a better storyboarder, um, just learning more about the film industry. I'm just like so in awe at the way that films can emotionally move you. This is kind of what I was telling you about before when you're connecting with the characters and you're creating relationships with them. I just can't believe that there is an art out there that is so dedicated to make you feel things, you know? It's it's so easy to go throughout the world and like this kind of like trance and you just, I'm going to work and then I'm coming back from work and then I'm eating dinner and then I'm going to bed and then going to work and then I come back from work. But like you have things like art and right now for me specifically movies that will take you out, you know, and this could be emotional escapism or it can be, you know, really accepting and understanding your emotions, but they take you to a place where you can build relationships um, with yourself through other characters and you can be emotionally moved. And I just really appreciate being able to cry during movies. I cry during like literally almost every movie I watch. And <laughs> I've just been like especially grateful lately for the way that that exists and the way that I can connect to that. So I think- I love it. Son, Sarah, and- movies. I, I didn't do the S. I wish it would have started with an S, but I forgive you. That's okay. <laughs> what is um, the next movie you're going to watch? Oh my God. That's such a good question. Um, I didn't want to ask what's your favorite movie. Cause first of all, I think I know the answer, but also that's a very basic question. Yeah. You know, the answer 100% It's tangled. Um, <laughs> can I just say, can I just say when, so when Sabrina and I went on that trip, our freshman year of college together, we went hiking. You, t- your face tells me, you know, where this is going. We were hiking and it was like a two hour hike up and a two, is that right? Two hours, both ways. That hike. Well, I don't remember because of what you're about to say. It was a long one, but first of all, there was a circumstance where we were singing Hamilton during that hike, but then out of nowhere, (laughs) (laughs) Sabrina goes, I can quote all of Tangled, like beginning to end every song, every word. And we were like, no way. No one can do that. And she goes, watch me. And you did. You did. It was it was a surreal experience like before Chris gave me a look that he was gonna absolutely push me <laughs> off the mountain we all looked at each other and we're like oh so she's like actually gonna do it <laughs> oh so this is like her favorite favorite so movie. she's like into it so um we know that's your favorite movie do you like have any that you want to watch any that you haven't watched oh I'm looking God. for inspiration okay so I actually have uh, so I have this list of movies on my phone, and actually I have this this humongous, massive list of all the movies organized by genre. Yes, will you have- tell everyone about this? Yes, okay, so I have my movies by genre list. It's like a billion pages long, and it's on my phone. Um, it goes everywhere from classics through the centuries to um, period pieces, spaghetti westerns. <clears throat> I, I I even get I even get like specific enough like lighthearted dramas, romantic fantasy adventure, um, rom drums, which is a great genre, mm-hmm. romantic dramas, <laughs> like live action music. You know everything you could possibly think of, and I've categorized all the only only the movies that I like, the best movies. I like. 
if it's a trash movie, it doesn't go on the list. But I've categorized all of them into these different categories. And it's like getting so obscenely long. So it's like the alphabet and then it's numbers in it, right? Oh, I I should explain that too. So it's actually helps when you're picking out a movie. If you want to know like what next movie to watch, you just pick A through Z. And then some of the categories have like subcategories. So like, for example, Sarah, Sarah, pick a number or pick a, pick a letter. Pick a letter. Um, I will pick, why is this so hard? H. H. Live action musical. (gasps) It was made for me. Amazing. Now pick a number. Uh, One through 16. You have 16? Somehow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is just one letter. Um, I pick seven. West Side Story. Ooh, that is a good like, one. So it's like a really fun, I feel like I was always dealing with like, oh, I don't know what to watch. What do we watch tonight? I don't know what movie, to, you know, and I feel like everybody says that. You sit in front of the TV and you're like, I don't know what to watch. You know, it's it makes it really easy because there's so many movies out there. But um, my last letter, letter Z, is um movies i have yet to watch but really want to and there is a total of 106 oh my gosh i don't think i've watched that many in my life and it's just on the movies that i want to watch (laughs) there's i mean there's so many that like i haven't seen that i want to watch there's so many that i've seen that i want to watch again i just recently watched prince of egypt with my roommates and I forgot what an amazing movie so that good. is. So, so, so good. And then also I've just been like really wanting to watch the 2003 live version of Peter Pan for some reason, because it's definitely the best version of Peter Pan, in my humble opinion. What was um, that? It's, I had like a huge crush on Peter Pan. Yes, the one with the cute Peter Pan. Oh, one. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. But also the one where James Newton Howard wrote the soundtrack and it's absolutely phenomenal. Oh. Um, chef's kiss yeah chef's kiss um so you know those types of things and then there's just like small ones i don't know i i i feel like a sin i feel like this is a sin to say this but i've never seen the godfather and i I haven't either i know well every everyone's telling me i gotta watch it so i I definitely want to watch the the godfather and then like kill bill and those types of movies like the old ones that have been out for forever and everyone's seen them except for me um, you know, here I am talking about how much I love movies and I've like never seen The Godfather. <laughs> awesome. Cool. That's okay. Well, that's, that's your next step. Yep. That's the next that's step that. is to get that list of 106. So. Fantastic. Keep me updated. <laughs> I will. You know, I will. <laughs> Sabrina, I love you so much. You bring you so much sunshine and joy and just everything good into the world and you are so kind and so loving and I've learned so much from you and I love you and I miss you. I love you so much too. I feel like I need to go watch that video you made me now just to stop. I might too. (laughs) So exciting. Let's do it. Let's watch it. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Amplify the Arts. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Sabrina. I've always said that she's like a combination of a Disney princess and Leslie Nope if Leslie Nope was an art student. So she will definitely be back in the future. If you want to keep up with her, she's on Instagram at Sabrina Kloss, and you can follow her art account at Sabrina Does Art. And of course, you can follow us at Amplify the Arts, and we'll see you next time.